Welcome back to Yang Daily. I'll be your host, Alex Cheney, bringing you all the Yang news you need to live your life right. I am going to do my best to be as concise as possible today, even though these topics deserve a lot more expansion. Honestly, I could go on for days. The good news is they come with detailed threads in the links, which I highly advise looking through. We're getting through a bunch of world-changing disruption events today. I will try to follow it up with a rapid fire of the big backlog of UBI news tomorrow. Quick shout out to our tier 3 patrons, Shay Meehan and Nathan Stankowski, as well as all our other patrons. You keep us all informed and engaged. If any of you out there want to join these advocates of humanity first and independent journalism, head on over to patreon.com slash yangdaily. It would only take a couple of bucks a month from each listener to keep this podcast and community going and growing into the future. Now on to the news. To start off, there's exciting news for electric vehicle adoption. Market share of EVs has been increasing by an average of 52 percentage points per year over the last decade. To be clear, that's a 52% increase per year on the percentage of car sales that are EVs, which in 2020 was 4.2%. While small now, compound growth is a beast. If the trend continues, gas car sales will be gone by 2028, leaving 100% of new sales being EVs. It's an oversimplified model, of course, but matches expectations that EVs are very likely to dominate by 2030. It may also explain used car prices if an increasing number of new car buyers are either switching to EVs or waiting to switch, but I'll have to direct you to the thread for more detail on that, because we gotta keep rolling. Moreover, things are not looking good for most legacy auto companies' balance sheets, the decline in global gas auto sales combined with the pandemic and resultant microchip shortage is doing real damage to an industry that already had low profit margins. Toyota just announced plans to cut their vehicle production by 40%. Incidentally, Tesla sales and production have only continued increasing on track to double this year, showing the disconnect between EV and ICV. There's a financial metric called the Z-score, which has an accuracy of 72% in predicting whether a company will go bankrupt in the next two years, if they fall into the score's distress zone. Every major auto company is below that distress zone score of 1.8. Everyone except Tesla, that is, which has a score of about 15, which is over eight times higher and well into the safe zone. The Z-score returns a false positive just 6% of the time. However, it's not as bad as it looks because the Z-score does not account for revenue from credit and loan services, which is actually where most car companies get a lot of their revenue. That said, car companies that can't make money off their cars are not in a good position. All this is before EVs take over, significantly reducing revenue from maintenance and requiring a massive investment in production reconfigurations. Suffice it to say, many giants in the auto industry will fall in the near future. Speaking of Tesla, they just had their AI Day presentation, and boy, was it impressive. It also had great relevance to autonomy and UBI. Nerd that I am, I watched the whole three-hour event and summarized it in a thread, which I'll now further summarize here, though I highly recommend checking out both the thread and the episode from the Tesla Daily podcast for details. First, of course, they talked about their full self-driving AI, or FSD. It was extremely technical, as the event was aimed at recruiting software engineers, but basically, it detailed how Tesla went from 2D images to a 3D vector space, 
and then to 4D by incorporating time and memory. They then detailed their infrastructure for rapidly auto-labeling that 4D model so that the FSD AI can understand what it's seeing, and finally went over how it makes decisions in response to that. The high-level takeaway is that they have the world's most advanced setup for training real-world AI. Next, there's the microchips and supercomputer Tesla is building. They explained in detail how they've developed an entirely new microchip architecture which claims to be capable of 362 teraflops with 10 terabyte per second bandwidth and very low latency. And they sandwiched the chips between cooling and power supply for maximum efficiency. I will refrain with difficulty from explaining all the terminology, but you can find explanations in the linked thread, at least as much sense as I could make of it, being not an expert in this field. The high-level takeaway is that would make these the best microchips in the industry from what sources I could find. What Tesla plans to do with them is build a supercomputer called Dojo capable of 1.1 exaflops. That would be faster than any currently existing by a factor of at least two and a half, and they will use it to further train their real-world AIs as well as potentially loaning it out as a service for other researchers. You may be asking, what is real-world AI, and why should I care if I'm not interested in autonomous cars? Real-world AI is AI that can see the world around it and intelligently interact with it. One use for that is teaching cars to drive themselves, but that's hardly the only use. You may have noticed that I said Dojo will train Tesla's AIs, plural. That is because the last thing they revealed at the event was their intent to create an android, a humanoid robot capable of performing a wide variety of menial labor, everything from factory work to grocery runs and household chores. If the disruption of autonomous cars was not enough, surely your interest should be piqued now. Musk said that the Tesla bot, which he calls Optimus, will be 4 feet and 20 inches tall, because he can never miss a chance for a 420 blazing reference, and will have a prototype ready by 2022. Musk also emphasized at great length that the Tesla bot will be limited to 5 miles per hour and relatively weak so that you can overpower it or outrun it, further adding that should not be necessary, but you never know. I will note that while neural nets can do weird things sometimes, which could lead to dangerous accidents, they are not full artificial intelligence capable of pursuing their own goals. So this is not a Skynet situation. It's a highly ambitious project, which will certainly take many years, though that could be said of all of Tesla's accomplishments thus far, which leads me to believe that they will eventually succeed. Even if they fail at the robotics, they could license their already advanced FSD AI out to dedicated robotics companies and help them with retraining it. While there are many robotics companies out there, and their robots are certainly far more advanced than Tesla's currently non-existent Teslabot, what they generally lack is sophisticated AI. The robots of Boston Dynamics have become quite popular, and you may have seen them performing spectacularly on complex obstacle courses. Impressive, for sure. However, these are manually programmed routines. Change the obstacle course around a bit and the robot will fail, because it lacks the intelligence to understand its surroundings and adapt. This severely limits its usefulness in the real world, and it's the problem that Tesla's FSD AI is solving. The implications of this are enormous. Between Tesla's real-world AI and OpenAI's multimedia processing GPT-3 AI, humanity now has the fundamental building blocks to eventually replace almost all human labor. Let that sink in for a second.
GPT-3 can understand and intelligently generate human language, hold conversations, teach, create graphic, audio, and lingual art and professional works, it can do nearly every intellectual thing that we can do with artificial neural nets and some pre-training or some minimal guidance from humans. And Tesla's AI is the bridge for that to interact with the physical world. Throw in a robotic body, and that team will be able to do damn near anything eventually. While it will take time, a world in which human labor is largely unnecessary is within sight. But as we know, human labor being unnecessary does not mean humans won't be used for it. We currently use humans for all sorts of labor that robots could do. Why? Because we make humans work for cheaper than a robot would currently cost. That wasted human life is a function of policy, not resources. We collectively choose to have survival labor be conditional, perverting our economy's market incentives with the means of coercion. I would like to say that intelligent robots will guarantee a future of true freedom for humanity, will guarantee a UBI, but it will only be further pressure in that direction, and there are other ways that it could turn out. Without a corresponding policy shift to an unconditional minimum income, automation will not lead to freedom, but to increasingly worse compensation for increasingly less jobs, while income inequality grows ever higher. Incidentally, this is why Elon Musk reiterated his support for UBI during his presentation at the AI Day event. Technology will provide us the means to free ourselves from undesirable work, but only we can collectively choose to free ourselves from imposing that work on one another. Only we can choose to pursue purpose over poverty, and we must. Through expanding the child allowance, a carbon dividend, further stimulus checks, and any other way we can get it, now is the time to push for unconditional income. Because Star Trek or Mad Max, the future is coming. And that'll do it for today's Yang Daily. Tune in next episode for a lot of UBI news. Bookmark and share the EV sales thread, the legacy auto thread, and the AI day thread. Flood Congress with calls, tweets, faxes, and letters using the resist bot or income movement easy contacts below. If you need help, consult Humanity Forward, the Income Movement Aid Database, the Mission Asset Fund, or United Way. And don't forget to Yang Daily.